Welcome to the Ablaze Youth Podcast. All right. So, Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Have you ever, have you ever walked away from a message and completely forgot everything that was just said? I'm going to read this one more time then. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. I'm going to say this one more time, okay? My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now, I, I, will, I will read it one more time, just, just, just so that you don't forget this, okay? Because this is very good. All right, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. All right, so I'm not going to read one more time. Yes. What does yours say? Yep. So basically, yeah, it says the same thing, right? Don't forget it. Now, now here's here here's something that I want you guys to to keep in mind, right? When we're saying don't forget my teaching, let your heart keep my commandments. Basically, what we're saying is what I, what he's about to say and, and what we're about to say, pay attention to it, right? I I cannot tell you how many times it's actually really warm in here, which can might probably make you feel a little bit sleepy. We just were running around playing laser tag. All those things can like make you feel feel a little tired, make make you feel like, hey, like, am I going to be able to actually mentally grasp all of these things? I mean, we had a whole service this morning, then we just ate a big meal, then we played a bunch of games, we just had worship time, and now it's kind of warm in here, and and that 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 temptation to get sleepy and to not pay attention can be there, right? Now I want to invite you to do this: draw on the grace of God, right? What does that look like, God? I might feel sleepy right now, but I know that you will give me strength, and I know that you will help me to remember this, right? Now, uh, when we draw on that grace, God will help us to actually be able to retain it. Now, we might not, like, remember it perfectly, every single word that was said, but when we draw on that grace, God will help us, right? He's saying, don't forget my, my teachings, but but... Can, can I be honest? If we're not paying attention, if we're like talking, if we're distracting ourselves with other things, do you think we're going to remember the, the message? Do you think we're going to remember the things that God has for us? Right? W- will we? Not if we're distracted, not if we're, not if we're not paying attention. So it's important for us to pay attention to these things. Why? Why would it be important for us to pay attention to these things? Well, let me tell you why. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. How many of you want to die uh, short, uh, live a short life, die quickly? No, good. Praise God. That was the right answer, <laughs> right? You want to live a long life, right? You want to live a life full of peace, right? You want to, uh, you ought to live a very long life, right? But do you want to live a life of anxiety and fear and worry, or do you want to live a life of peace, right? Okay. Well, how do how do we ensure that? Well, m- my son, do not forget my teaching. Uh, but let your heart keep my commandments, right? He's th- the reason why he's saying, hey, don't forget these things. Make sure you prioritize these things. Make sure you don't distract yourself or you make sure you don't allow yourself to d- get distracted by the fly on the wall when someone's preaching. There's not actually a fly on the wall. But make sure you don't get, let yourself get distracted by those things because 
there could very well be the one thing that you need that comes up in a message that will keep you in peace for the rest of the week. The, are you hearing that, right? Like, there, there could be a situation that rises up tomorrow that God already gave you a word. See, because God's not going to give you, God's not going to allow anything to enter into your life that you're not able to handle and that he hasn't already provided you a solution for. Are you hearing me? A lot of times, though, God gives us a solution on Sunday morning, but we didn't pay attention to it. And then Monday morning comes around, the situation rises up, and we're like, I have no idea how to fix this. Or we're just, we, did, we didn't actually remember, we didn't actually hold on to the word that God already presented to us. And then things kind of spiral downhill. And then we get into anxiety and fear and worry and depression. And things don't go well, <laughs> right? But God already provided the word. I mean, how many people? Did, what? How many people do you think were in Albemarle that stayed home this morning? But when God provided them a word here at Boomerang Church this morning, or at some other church in the area, right? But they chose to stay home because they were tired, because they didn't feel like getting up, because it was a little rainy yesterday, and it felt like they felt like having a cozy weekend uh, and not come to church, and because they didn't actually esteem what was available to them. The, ver the very thing that God provided to them that could have saved them this week, since they didn't receive it, they could crash and burn, right? God doesn't want that for you. God doesn't want that for any of us. He wants us to live a long and satisfying life, full of peace. Oh, man, how many of you guys would love to have peace, right? Like in a sustaining peace, right? Well, what should we do? Don't forget the, the teaching, right? Don't forget the teaching, let your heart keep my commandments for long length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. And then he goes on to say this, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. So what's he saying? He's saying bind it around your neck. Uh, put it on, write it on your heart, right? He's basically saying, like, let this be something that, that, that you surround yourself with, that you put inside of you, right? Let the Word of God be something that, that uh, like, you have shirts, you know, that, that, that declare the Word of God, that you have, you can even have jewelry that declares the Word of God or whatever, like, you know, whatever. Basically, he's saying, let these things basically clothe yourselves with these things. Clothe yourself with these words. Write it on your heart. Let it be outside you, inside of you, to the left of you, to the right of you, in front of you, behind you, above you, beneath you. Let it, let it surround you, these words. Let it always be before you. You know what? Like, you know, we, we all give Hobby Lobby, like, you know, like a bad rep because some of their stuff is super corny. But if it's scriptural, it's good to have those things on your wall, right? It's good to have scripture before you. It's good to put scripture in front of your face rather than your favorite uh, TV show character, Right? A lot of times we put before our face the things that we care about the most, the things that we think will satisfy us the most, right? So we, ha we have the posters on the wall. We have the, the, our, our lock screens and our, you know, and our Legos. Sure, yeah. Like we, we surround ourselves with the things and we put in front of our face the things that we care about the most, right? That's what we do, right? I had the Iron Man poster on my wall right next to the Jesus poster. You know, like I cared about them kind of equally when I was your age. But, you know, but, but 
why do we do those things? Because we like those things, because we enjoy those things, because we believe that those things will bring us some kind of satisfaction, right? So that's why we put them before our eyes, right? That's why we binge watch TV shows, because we, we feel like they give us some sense of peace and some sense of joy. That's why we listen to mu- like certain kinds of music, because we believe that it'll bring us some kind of satisfaction because it's what we like, right? That's why we put these things before us. And basically what he's saying here is he's saying make sure that that thing more than any other thing is the word, is the teaching, right? Because if we're always putting worldly things in front of our face, what do you think we're going to reap? What do you think is going to just come out of us? The world. And then we get frustrated and wonder why things don't work out for us all the time. Because all we're ingesting is the world. But, you know, when we come to church, that's when we, we, we get our fill of the word. But, you know, the rest of our lives and the rest of our week, we're filling ourselves with worldly things. Why, why do you think that things aren't working out for, for you? You know, like, you, like the word says they should be working out. Because we're not surrounding ourselves. We're not binding these things around our neck. We're not l- writing these things on our heart. We're just doing whatever we want. Are you hearing me? So he's saying, don't forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commands. Length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And then you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Recognize, when we do these things, it'll actually give us more favor with our parents. Right? Like, it'll give us more favor where they'll trust us more. They'll give us more freedoms and stuff when we actually take these things for granted. If you ever feel like, man, my parents never let me do anything. Well, hey, maybe try this. Maybe try to put the word of God first because they might not trust you because you've been doing a lot of worldly stuff or been listening to a lot of worldly things or you've been acting out or lashing out on them, right, or, or talking back to them. That's not, that's not going to gain favor with your parents. You might have tried it and found that out for yourself. If it didn't work the first time, it probably won't work any other time. Can you say amen? (laughs) Amen. Amen. That was a quiet amen, but, you know, I know you're kind of getting it. I I understand that. All right. I want you to hear this. Okay. I'm going to move on to the next verse. And and this is where I I, I want us to kind of focus on a little bit. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How much of your heart? How much? All your heart. And do not lean on your own what? What are we not supposed to lean on? On our own understanding, right? I will tell you, maybe I would say maybe 95, 99, maybe even 100% of the reason why we get frustrated and irritated and anxious in life is because we're relying on our own understanding. It should happen this way, the way that I think it's supposed to happen. Or, or I need to figure this out, or I need to, I, I need to do this my way, or, or this is the thing that's going to bring me satisfaction. This is the thing that's going to be bringing me joy. And we start leaning on our own understanding, and we're not leaning on him. And what happens when we lean on our own understanding is you can't really lean on yourself. You can't lean on your own understanding, right? We need help. We need God, right? We need someone who can see what we can't see. Right. If you picture a maze, right, you see a maze like when we look down on a maze. Right. Or, or picture like a corn maze. Right. You know, corn maze. Have you ever been in a corn maze? I honestly have never been in a corn maze before. Yeah. You lost your parents in one. Was that not a fun experience? Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. Right. So 
Yeah, so he hear this. When you're in the corn maze, what do you see in front of you? Corn. That's all you see, right? What if, what if you are above the corn maze looking down on it? What do you see? Everything. Well, you see corn, but you see everything, right? You can see the dead ends. You can see the parts that, that, that lead nowhere. You can, you can easily map out what will lead you to the end, right? Because I'm assuming there's an end to a corn maze, right? There's, I, I don't know how corn mazes work. I've never been in one. But, but, if, but if you can see everything, isn't that a lot nicer? And wouldn't that bring you a lot more peace if you can see everything than if you're just in there and all you can see is corn? And then you, uh, maybe I can go this way. This seems like it, it would make sense. Oh, no, it's another dead end. Oh, how about this way? Oh, no, it's another, another dead end. Oh, let's go around. Oh, there's a terrifying clown with a chainsaw, right? Like, you don't, you, you have no idea what's around the next corner. And, and that can bring you a little bit of anxiety, could it not? Right? Especially if you're in one of the haunted ones. Which I would not advise that, but do you recognize what I'm saying, though, right? Uh, but if you knew exactly what was around the corner, uh, you and you could turn around and go the other way, wouldn't you do that? But how would you know what's around the corner unless you had someone to tell you, right? Do you under? Uh, I don't know, corner. That, that was corny. But do you recognize what I'm saying? If you had someone who knew everything. And, so, and, and could just say, hey, turn left here. Hey, there's a creepy dude on the other side of this. Uh, why don't you go the other way? You know, wouldn't that bring you a lot more peace in, in the whole situation, right? Do you, yeah, or like God, <laughs> right? God who sees the beginning of your life and the end of your life. He sees the people that, that, that if you connect yourself with, that they can ruin your life, or the people that if you connect yourself with, they'll actually advance your life, right? We have a God who can do all those things. But if we have a God who will say, hey, if you enter into that dating relationship, that's actually going to bring you a lot more pain and misery, and you don't want to do that. Don't do that, right? Wouldn't that be wonderful if we had a God who actually wanted us to walk in triumph? Well, oh, wait, we do. Praise God. So question is, do we ask him? Do we acknowledge him? Or do we just, oh, but they said I look cute, and that makes me feel really nice. This has to be, this has to be right for me. And then we enter into the relationship, and then it crashes and burns. And then we're like, God, why did you let this happen to me? Well, we never asked. The Bible, does the Bible not say that he's an ever-present help? So he's always there. question is, do we acknowledge him, or do we think we know what's best? and base our decisions off of our feelings. Well, but this feels right. Doesn't mean it is right. Then the, the, doesn't the Bible talk about Eve and how, uh, you know, the, she looked at the fruit, and what does the Bible say? That it looked good, right? It looked good. <laughs> and then all of humanity plunged into, like, awfulness because of one thing that looked good. Also, bless you. Right? One thing that looked good. So just because something feels right doesn't mean it's right. So, but here's the beauty of it. We have a God who says, hey, if you ask, I'll give you wisdom. It's so easy. But for some reason, we don't make, like, we, we've convinced ourselves that it's a lot more complicated than that. But it's not. God, what do you want me to do in this situation? And I'm not going to move until I hear a word from you. Because a lot of times we're like, 
okay, Lord, what should I do? Oh, I guess he didn't answer. I'll, I'll just make my own decision. You know, we don't even give him time. Yeah, and then we, w- yeah, we walk straight out of a cliff, right? Like, and sometimes that's how it feels. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever been heartbroken, but, like, you can feel like you just walked off sh- a cliff, right? Like, oh, my world's crashing and burning because the love of my life, who I talked to twice, they didn't, they didn't love me back or they, they broke my heart, right? But we, but we can re- recognize this, though. We can save ourselves so much heartache by acknowledging him. That's all we got to do. Lord, what do you want me to do? And if, and if I'm having a hard time hearing from him, oh, praise God, I have leaders that can help me hear from him, right? So if I'm having a hard time hearing or getting an answer from God, you know, I can just reach out to a leader and say, hey, I, I've been seeking the Lord on this, and, and I haven't really gotten an answer yet, or, or I, I, like I feel like I'm having opportunities hear, hearing an answer. Uh, what would you advise me to do, right? We, you got leaders that will help you hear from God, right? You got leaders that'll help you and encourage you, right? Uh, do not forget my teachings. You know, sometimes we have a hard time hearing from God because, you know, sometimes God, God gave us an answer on, on what we need to do to open up that, that you know, because it's like a channel. Uh, you guys know what a radio is, right? No. You guys, know, you, you know what a radio is. Please tell me you know what a radio is. Okay, so you know how a radio works, right? You got the antenna. The signal is... Right now, can you hear? Can you hear ninety-one point three FM? Yes. Yeah. I can, can you answer honestly? Can you hear ninety-one point three FM in your ears? <laughs> okay. I'm like, why is everyone saying yes right now? I'm like, okay. Why? Why can't you hear it? Uh, is that frequency currently going through this room right now? It absolutely is. Yeah. So why can't we hear it? Right. Well, because. Yeah, we're not a radio, but but do we have access to it, is what I'm saying, right? All we need is an antenna to pick up that frequency and to tune into that frequency. Huh? No, that's not how it works. But, but all we need to do is take a couple of steps, and suddenly we can receive that frequency and, re- and receive from it, right? Right? It's the exact same thing with the Lord, right? God is always speaking. He's always speaking. He's always doing something. He's always doing something new. Sometimes tuning into that frequency is really just when we're in a service, actually paying attention to what's being spoken. But sometimes we're kind of tuned out and we're listening to our own thing. Or we're just saying, I don't really agree with that. Or I don't really like that. So I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to distract myself with something else, right? Sometimes when a minister is preaching and we're reading our Bibles, we're tuning out and we're not receiving and hearing from God because we're doing our own thing, right? There's a wrong, did you know that there's a wrong time to read the Bible? Right, Andrew? Did you hear that? Yeah. There's a wrong time to read the Bible. And it's when the Lord is speaking through a person, right? That's a wrong time. There's a wrong time to pray. Did you know that? Yeah. No, absolutely. But <laughs> actually, that's good. But recognize this. Yeah, if God's speaking to you and I'm like, ha- have you ever had pastor come up to, to minister to you and he says, uh, stop praying real quick, just receive? He's, he's done that to me several times, right? Where I'm, I'm there, God wants to, to like, okay, I want you to have... Try to have a conversation with me right now. I just want you to start 
trying to have a conversation with me. Are you gonna just not think? Because I, I, I really want you to have a conversation with me. I really, I just really want to hear from you, and I really want to have a conversation with you. Can you please just speak to me? Because I, I really, I really want to. Are you recognizing this, right? He. So, like, how uh, sometimes we don't hear from God because we won't shut up. And you say amen, right? Right? Well, sometimes that's what our prayer life looks like. Now I lay me down to, le- to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord to my soul to take. Amen. And then we're done. Have you ever heard that prayer? You've never heard that prayer? Yeah, it's super creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but hear this, though. Sometimes we enter into a time of prayer, and we just pray and 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 pray. Amen. And then we don't even give God a chance to speak. Like, I remember one time I called, uh, I, I called a uh, pastor because I had, I had to ask him a question, right? So I called him up, and he was, like, he was like, hey, buddy, so good to hear from you. Like, I was just thinking about you today and because I was going off to, to this place, and I was talking to someone, and they just reminded me of you. And, and, but, but, no, it's really cool to, to, to talk to you. I miss you, man. I hope you're doing well. All right, well, hey, I got to go. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. And then he hung up, and I'm like, I called you. <laughs> Because I wanted to ask you a question. And he just talked and talked and talked. And then he hung up. I'm like, uh, what do I do now? Like, I called him back. I'm like, hey, um, I, you know, I called you, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, I, I wanted to ask you a question. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. But, but do you recognize, though, like, do, do you recognize that sometimes we can do that with God, right? God's trying to speak to us, but we're not listening. We're distracted with other things. We're not letting God speak to us because we'd much rather watch a TV show. We'd much rather talk and talk and talk and talk. We'd much rather do something else rather than actually stop and do nothing and just listen. Right? If if there's anything that, that I've noticed in this generation and partially in my generation is we fear silence. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've sat down and played video games with, with, with teenagers before, and the second, second a loading screen comes up, the phone comes out. We can't have, like, one second where there's not content or something happening. Where we can't go to bed if the TV's not on and we're listening to something, right? Because we don't like silence. Am I triggering people right now? Right? You, right? But, but sometimes, sometimes our love for silence is still... I'm scrolling through something. I'm still. I still need to receive something. I don't. A lot of times we don't like to be trapped in our mind, because we haven't learned how to actually discipline our minds and discipline our thoughts, or to just sit there and say, "Okay, Lord, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait on you," and then we just listen. God, what do you have for me? What do you want to speak to me? You know, we'll say we acknowledge him, but we don't even give him a chance to speak, right? Oh, well, I asked him, did you wait for an answer for more than 15 seconds? Because <laughs> sometimes we get to 15 seconds and we're like, okay, God, like, I, I have a schedule to meet, right? Who, are, are, is he serving us or are we serving him, right? But sometimes we treat God like he's serving us. God, I want this, and I want it now. I want an answer, and I want it now. God, answer me. And then we get mad at him when we're the ones treating him 
like he's our, our little patsy, right? Like he's, he's our butler. That's not who he is. Who's Lord? Us or him? Him. So when the Bible says acknowledge him in everything, what it's saying is I need to be in that intimate fellowship with the Lord at all times. God, I want what you want. Not what I want. I want what you want. God, this situation's rising up. And it look, I have this decision that I have to make. And one of these decisions I like, and one of them I don't like. But God, I want to offer this to you because I know that you're always leading me into triumph. What do you have for me? Sometimes we need to remove our own bias, right? Sometimes that's the very thing that keeps us from hearing from God because we're like, God, uh, I want to go to... I want to go to Carowinds, right? God, that's really what I want. Okay. What's the question that we need to ask? God, Carowinds would really enjoy me, but Father, I I want what you want. So, God, I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to let you do it. You know, if, if it's you, do it. If it's not you, don't do it. But God, I just want what you want, right? And God lo- loves that heart. Sometimes that's the heart. Sometimes, sometimes that's the very thing of just being willing to remove my own desire from the situation. That'll get God to be like, yes, now, now they're ready for this. Because if, if we ask God, God, I want this, and he just gave it to us, suddenly we think, oh, I can command God. I'm his Lord. And then we can get prideful. And you, you recognize, you probably felt like that's disgusting, like a disgusting thought to even think about, Right? But no, God, I'm yours. And God, whatever you want, that's what I want. That's what acknowledging the Lord looks like. God, whatever you want, that's what I want. And that's what stirs up God's heart. Because that's a heart of one, humility. And what does God do to the humble? He exalts them, right? So when when we put on that heart of humility, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. God loves that heart. And he rewards that heart, too. Because does he reward those who command him around, or does he reward those who diligently seek after him, right? So when I diligently seek after my God, what's going to happen? He's going to reward me, right? What does diligently seeking him look like? It looks like this. God, I'm going to acknowledge you with all my heart. God, I'm going to, even though this thing is a desire of mine, God, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to be willing to put it on the altar. And whenever I do that, that that's going to be something that stirs his heart, right? Not when I'm saying, God, make this happen for me, but when I say, God, I just want what you want. He'll make it happen, right? If you delight yourself in the Lord, what's he going to do? He'll give you the desires of your heart, right? But we got to delight in him. We got to seek him with all that we are. So I want you, I want to read this one more time. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All of your heart, which means... God, no matter what this looks like, I trust you. God, no matter what happens, I trust you. God, I know that you know what's best for me. How many of you recognize that we don't know what's best for us? Can you say amen? Right? Raise your hand if you recognize that you don't know what's best for you. Right? We think we know what's best for us, but we actually don't. Because how many of you were like, you know what, this is going to be what's best for me, and then you found out it didn't work out the way you expected it to, right? A lot of times we think we know what, what would bring us fulfillment and joy. But for some reason, 
when we're chasing after those things, we can feel really anxious and depressed. So those things aren't working out very well, right? But just let, remember what I said? Who can see your entire life in the decisions that will lead you to joy and peace and the decisions that will lead you to destruction and pain? Who can see all that? God, right? So you recognize then that only he can actually show you the path that leads to life and leads to hope and leads to joy, right? Thanks be to God who always what? Oh, but we have to be led by him if we want to go to triumph. Hmm, interesting. Why is that? Because he's the only one who knows where the path is to triumph. Not me. It doesn't say, thanks be to God that I always triumph. That's not what it says. But a lot of times we can try to assume that that's what it says. Thanks be to God, I always triumph. Like, how many of you always triumph? Me. Well, not if I'm doing my own thing. Right? If, I, if I'm living my own life and doing the things that I think I w- that will bring me triumph, then I'm not actually going to always walk into triumph. I'm going to miss it a lot of times. And a lot of times what, cr- what, what a lot of believers think is if I just do what I think is best and I ask God to bless it, then, then it'll work. That's not how it works. God doesn't follow you around and bless what you do. No, I follow God around, and everything, he, everything that I do then is blessed. That's how it works, because he's the Lord. What is a Lord? Someone who leads me. I follow the Lord, right? That, that's what Lord means, right? A Lord isn't someone who follows me around and cleans up my messes behind me. That's not a Lord. That's a servant. But a lot of times we think that's what Jesus will do. Oh, God, I messed up. Fix it for me. Okay, I'm going to do this now. Oops, that didn't work out. God, fix it. And he's merciful. He'll help us. But that's not what he wants. (laughs) That's not his desire for us. His desire is not to just walk walk around and clean up our messes. His desire is for us to walk in triumph always and to not have messes. The Bible says in Isaiah, he goes before us and makes the crooked path straight. That's if we follow him. And let him lead us and go before us, right? I mean, if you could live a life where, where as you're walking, the obstacles that people set before you or the enemy sets before you are already eliminated before you even get to that place, doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound like it would bring you a lot more peace and joy and hope, right? But I have to follow him. I have to acknowledge him. All right, Lord, this decision's here. What do you want me to do? Oh, you want me to do this? Okay, I'll do that. Oh, look, there's the triumph. And, and honestly, that's where you can actually start looking at your life and say, you know what, I enjoy life now. See, I, I remember used to thinking that even if I were, the, the concept of me actually liking my own life was so far off, I couldn't even believe that. I, I wouldn't believe people w- w- when they would say, oh, man, I love life. I wouldn't believe them. I'm like, how can you love life? Life sucks. I, I used to actually think that way. Because I did not enjoy life. Because I was, I was doing what I thought would bring me fulfillment and joy. I wasn't following after him and letting him lead me. Right? God, I know I really love this TV show, but God, is this good for me? Ooh. That's a dangerous thing to ask. <laughs> God, I really like listening to this music artist. But Lord, I'm going to give it to you if... And ask you, God, is this, should I be listening to this? Should I be watching this? And removing my own bias? Ah, that's always fun. Right? But God, I know, but here's the thing. Where is he always leading you into? Triumph, right? So, 
if I had to give up just a TV show that I really liked so that I can walk in triumph and peace, would that be worth it? It should be. But the question is, do we even want to ask? Or do we want to just kind of like keep doing it and pretend like God's okay with it without even asking? God, this person makes me feel really nice. I would love to enter into a relationship with them, and I'm sure it's fine, so I'm just going to do it anyway because it feels right, right? Uh, Or I can say, God, I'm going to lay this on the altar. What do you want, right? That's something we got to do if we want to be led in triumph. And if we want to walk in peace, right? Because what does he say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means I'm not questioning him. That means I'm not doubting his motives. Well, you you know how people will say, oh, man, those Christians, they they don't watch all the fun shows. They don't do all the fun things. They don't listen to all the fun music. They're just boring people, right? Yeah, well, why would people say that? Well, first off, because they just believe demonic lies, and they just assume that we don't have fun. That you can only have fun if you're watching certain shows that everyone else is watching. That you can only in- have fun if you're, if you're doing the things that everyone else is doing. And that's not true. Because everyone, everyone else is, is I, I mean, when you literally look at the statistics, pretty much everyone else is depressed and anxious. So why would I want to live like everybody else? When there's actually an option for me to actually walk in peace and joy. They're not enjoying life at all. They think they are. But they're not. So why would, I, why would I listen to them? Over God? The question is, do we trust him with all our heart? Do we trust that he actually wants what's best for us? Or do we think that he's trying to hold us back from what's best for us? Does the Bible say that God withholds good things from those who walk uprightly? What does it say? He doesn't withhold good things from those who walk uprightly, Right? God's not someone who's withholding fun from you. Oh, but but I enjoy this show. Yeah, that show could be destroying you. So you can enjoy it while you're watching it, but then there could be some demonic influence in it that's actually tormenting you and terrorizing you just because you're watching it. You, re- you realize that that's a reality, right? Because when you're watching a show, you're actually receiving something spiritual from the people that created that show. You realize it's not just, a, it's not just a, an entertainment factor. The devil thrives in the entertainment world. So, I can trust God with all my heart and say, and recognize, no, he's always leading me into triumph. So, Father, if you don't want me to watch this, if you don't want me to listen to this, if you don't want me to partake in this, let me know. And I'm going to do what you want me to do because I know that you know what's best for me more than I do. That's what it looks like to trust God with the all, all your heart. God, you know more than me. How many of you would agree God knows more than you? Right? I would say he knows a, a lot more than I do. But we can, we, we can know the right answer, but do we practice that out? God, I trust you. With all your heart, do not lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what will he do? He will make your paths crooked. Will he, will he make them like a roller coaster life where you got your ups, you got your downs, you got your lefts and your rights. You know, you never know what's coming around the corner. No, what's he going to do? Make your paths straight. He'll make your path straight, right? Remember the verse we already read? 
uh, he goes before you and makes the crooked paths what? Straight, right? Uh, uh, what did G? Uh, is it G? It's in the Bible at some point when they say, "You, you son of the devil, why will why will you keep making crooked the straight paths of the Lord?" Right? That's a Bible verse. I forget who said it, but they were saying it to a bad guy. I do know that, right? They said, why do you keep making crooked the straight paths of God? See, God's paths are straight. God's paths are straight. And when his paths are straight, that means that life is not supposed to be a roller coaster all over the place. You know, you're up one day, down the next day. You know, you have no idea what's going to happen next. No, if if I'm in fellowship with the Lord and letting him direct my steps because I trust him, he's going to ensure that I'm walking on a straight path. Now, the people around you can be doing their own thing, and they could be saying mean things about you, towards you, whatever. But if I'm in him, and I, and I truly believe, hello, podium, and I truly believe he's always leading me into triumph, then, then people can throw their insults. People can try to slow you down. But if I'm, if I'm, it's, it's like, it's like a, Small, like picture me uh, as a halfback in the NFL, right? Right? Picture me as a running back in the NFL, right? Uh, would I get pretty, pretty wrecked by some of those linemen, right? Absolutely. But if I had, if I had an excellent blocker ahead of me and he was plowing the way before me, you know, right? Right? If I had the, a great uh, offensive line, right? 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 And they're plowing the way before me. They're paving the path before me. What are they doing? They're removing the obstacles and the people that will try to hinder me. All I have to do is stay right behind them. And what's going to happen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be letting Trump. I'm going to make it to the end zone, right? And, and recognize, if God is, my, is, my, is, is the one going before me, what do I have to fear of when I see someone running my way? Oh, God's going to wipe them out. Like, it's going to be funny, Right? Why? He's my defender, not me. So I shouldn't be the one who has to go out from behind him and make my way. But sometimes we do that. We see the attack coming and we get out of the covering of God and we try to lean on our own understanding and make our way to the end zone ourselves. What's going to happen? We're going to get plowed. We're going to get destroyed. Why don't I just stay behind him and stay with him and acknowledge him in every step that I take? Oh, okay, Lord, you're, you're moving this way. I'm moving this way with you. All right, we're heading this way. I'm heading this way with you because that's the safest place for me to be. People will come against you. People might try to, try to say certain things. But if, as long as I'm in him and I trust him, I can recognize he's leading me into triumph always. So I'm going to stick with him. Even when the insults come, even when the attacks come, if I'm in him, I'm kept. I want to give you one more verse. I know it's six, but one more verse. Turn uh, to the left to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Good job. Psalm 91 verse 1 says this. He who dwells. Now, I want to ask you this. Is dwelling a one-time decision? Is that a continuous decision? I have to continue to dwell in this place, right? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What does that look like? I'm, I'm kept under Him, right? I'm choosing to dwell and to abide in Him. 
I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now, you've probably heard Psalm 91 before, right? If you haven't, basically, I, I would encourage you to read it. I'm not going to go through all of it, but basically it's saying any enemy that comes my way, they may come after me in one direction, they'll flee in seven directions. Remember I quoted that when the, the light fixture kind of fell and crashed into a billion different pieces? I was like, that's like your enemies, right? Because it, it fell in one direction, and then it broke and shattered into like a thousand different directions, right? That's from Psalm 91, right? So the, the enemies that come against you will... Uh, uh, and, and Pastor, if you're listening to the uh, the podcast, I broke a light, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so I don't even know if you listened to it, but I figured I'd throw that in there. But uh, this is a passage. If an en- if enemies come after me in one direction, they'll all of a sudden my my God who's going before me will cause them to scatter in a bunch of different directions. We see that happen all the time in the in the Old Testament, right? That can happen for us too, when enemies and, and people come against us, right? Uh, God can cause. God is the best defender that we could ever have. It's not my job to defend myself. That's evidenced, evidenced, is that a word? Proven? Nah, that's a word. In Christ, right? Did Jesus defend himself when all of his accusers were coming after him? No, no, he didn't. But he trusted himself to God. And what happened? Was he defeated or was he victorious? He was crucified, but was he defeated? Absolutely not. Recognize this, at any moment, Jesus spoke this out of his mouth. At any moment, I can call a legion of angels to come and deliver me. So Jesus had every ability to to cause all of that to go away in an instant. But he chose to go to the cross for you. Well, praise God. He could have not done that. But he chose to go all the way to the cross. Even while he's hanging on that cross, he could have made the decision to come down. Everyone was mocking him and saying, if you're really the son of God, you can just come down. Send your angels. Have them come down, you know, take you down. He could have, but he chose not to. He chose to be on that cross suffocating so that you today can walk in the same and in the even greater covenant and in an even greater blessing. Right? This is where it says a thousand may be dying all around you, but it won't touch you when I'm in him. Right? Because the curse can't enter into him. So when I'm in him, the curse can't, can't come to me. Everyone else around you might be dying of COVID-19, but it won't touch you. Are you hearing that? Why? Because I'm in him. Everyone else around you, everyone's dying. Everyone's, every, like, what are we going to do? Like, that sounds like a pretty messed up situation when all, thousands of people are dying all around you, right? But if I'm in him, I'm kept, and I'm fine, right? Talks about sickness. It won't come near your home. You know, that God will protect you. He'll cover you. You won't be afraid of the things that everyone else is afraid of, all the fears of wars and, and, and all the fears of, of, of diseases and all the fears of, of global warming and all those, all those things that everyone's afraid of, right? You, you won't be afraid of those things. Why? Because I'm in him and I'm kept. But the question is, do I trust him fully? Right? Because if I'm afraid of, the, of Joe Schmo that, that's com- coming at me from this direction, if I'm afraid of him, like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Am I going to get hurt? Well, he might punch you in the face, but it doesn't matter. God's, God will defend you, right? I'm just going to be in him, and he'll defend me. He'll protect me. He's my God, right? So it, it, this covers everything in life. The question is, are we going to rely on our understanding? I said that weird. Are we going to rely on our own understanding? 
Or are we going, like I slurred that whole thing, are we going to rely on our own understanding? Or are we going to trust him with all our heart? See, we know the answer. Praise God, you passed the test. You know the answer. But the real test, you, you passed the quiz. The real test is whenever we go out of here and the decisions are, are needed to be made, right? Are we going to actually trust the Lord with all our heart in that moment and say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? And then actually sit and wait for an answer. Or are we going to get frustrated and irritated and then just try to make it happen ourselves? So, so but, but, but the question is this, are we going to actually go out and do that? That's the question. That's the real quiz. That's the real test. You know, like, I don't know if your teachers ever say, you like, say to you, like, this is just, you know, class, but, but the real test is in real life, right? Uh, I don't know if they say that, but they say that all the time. Really? That sounds. But, well, yeah. So, but, but, but that's basically what I'm saying is when the decisions come up, right? Am I going to date this person? Am I going to break up with this person? Or am I going to continue with this person? When that question comes up, are we going to make the decision based on what logically makes sense? Or are we going to make the decision based on what's the Lord leading me in this moment? When, when we have a desire, when, when we're, you know, watching a, a certain show, are we going to say, Lord, do you actually want me to watch this show? Or should, or should I just rely on my own logic and understanding? Well, this is the genre that I like. These are the things that I like. And I'm just going to operate in that way, right? Um, when, when, uh, when we have an opportunity or an option to study or do nothing, right, what are we going to do? Are we going to be diligent and do what the Lord told us to do? Or how about this? Are we going to pray and, and read the word and not forget these things? Are we going to actually get into this like God says we should? Or are we just going to do what we want, right? Do we even acknowledge him with the things that he's already said in his word? How are we going to know what he said in his word if we're not actually in it? Yeah. Well, yes. So it's really just a matter of, God, do I trust you? Because this is a guidebook for life. This will lead you to triumph if we actually get into it and do what it says. We got to do what it says. So I'm going to, that, that's all I have for you guys today. I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to, I just, really, I just wanted to challenge you to rely on God. Trust him with all your heart. Right? Not half of your heart. Not when you want to. Not, well, I'll trust him with this area of my life, but I'm going to still keep control over this area of my life because that's not trusting him with all your heart. And that's not going to lead you on straight paths, and that's not going to lead you to long life and peace. Don't forget these things. Do them. Write, bind them around your neck. Write them on your heart. Let these be a part of who you are. And that's when you'll be blessed. That's when long life and health will be added unto you. That's when joy and prosperity and peace will be added unto you. You, you read through Psalm, Proverbs chapter 3, all of that's included in that entire chapter. It all com comes together, right? But it all boils down to, do I trust God? So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we just give you all of us. Father, if there's any area of our lives that we have not entrusted to you, God, I pray that we do that now. I pray, Lord, that we make the decision now to give you all of our heart. God, so that we can walk in peace and joy and hope and life today. So I want you to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are Lord 
over all of my life. I will not withhold anything from your Lordship. Show me the things in my life that are not of you and give me the strength to eliminate it. Because I know that you are always leading me to triumph. So Lord, I give you all of me. I give you all of me. Holding nothing back. Do what you want to do. I acknowledge you today. And I give you me. In Jesus' name. Amen. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. But no, I, I love you guys. And I want to see you triumph. I don't want to see you anxious or worried or fearful or depressed. Because I've been all of those things and it's not fun. I think if you've been any of those things, you would also agree that it's not fun. So how do we walk in that peace? Don't forget these things. Write them on your heart. Don't just be like, ah, good message, buddy. Good message. Amen. Now I'm going to go home and play PlayStation for the next 12 hours. You know, like, actually think on these things more than just now. You know, when you get in the car, talk to your parents on the way home. Hey. This, this is the verse that Buddy was talking about. If you forget what it was, it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Say, hey, this is what, what Buddy was talking about. What do you think about these verses? Let's talk about it, right? Let's not just walk out of here and then go on with our same old routine because that's the very thing that kills us, just walking out of service and not changing anything. That's what forgetting, you know, my commandments looks like, me just walking out and doing everything like I once did before. Let something change. Uh, right now, Make a decision, God, this one thing from this message, I'm going to purpose to change. That's a good practice. What is one thing out of this message that I can change? And let me do that as soon as I walk out of here. Let me begin doing that as soon as I walk out of here. That's a good way to not forget. Amen.